What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. It's Jeep 4x4 season. Make your next adventure epic and hurry in now for great deals. And now, well-qualified lessees get a low-mileage lease on the 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe for $389 a month for 24 months with $5,399 due at signing. Tax title license extra. No security deposit required. Call 1-888-925-JEEP for details. Requires dealer contribution, a lease request, or capital. Extra charge for miles over 20000 Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 531-23. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your hosts from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 98. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Friday, Steelers Nation, the final podcast before really the legal tampering period gets going on Monday. And I think it's appropriate that on Wednesday will be Episode 100 of the podcast and the first day of the NFL New League year. Dave, how you doing? Doing good. Happy Friday. It's the uh, calm before the storm right now, so to speak. Starting to see some news heat up around the league uh, with some terminations and some restructures and some trades and some people taking some pay cuts here. Uh, First thing this morning, you wake up to the news that uh, Adam Thielen uh, is being let cut loose by the, uh, by the Vikings. And, you know, I think yesterday we had, uh, uh, the Ravens, uh, make a trade with, uh, who was it? Chuck, Chuck, uh, Chuck Clark, right. To the mm-hmm. jets, uh, and, you know, kind of the fallout a little bit of the fallout of, of that probably related to them having to sit on that, uh, large Lamar Jackson tag number for a little while. There it was probably either cut them or try to get what you can, uh, for them. And they, they, they took the ladder in that good deal for the jets, but, uh, I don't know. I, I looked this morning. I haven't seen anything related to the Steelers yet. Uh, that includes no contract terminations yet. Uh, nothing on the restructure front, nothing on the extension front uh, right now. So they are going to run this all the way. Probably, you know, We'll see what obviously happens uh, later on this afternoon, the, the closer that we get to, uh, uh, what, 4 o'clock uh, you know, today. But uh, we're probably going to start off the week next week with, with you know, uh, the, the, the flurry of things. I don't know why they wait as long as they do. I was asked about that this morning. You know, why, why hasn't William Jackson, the third been cut yet? And, you know, the only, the only explanation I can give for that is they just take their time with these mm-hmm. things, you know, uh, no reason in particular. Uh, and you know, who knows, maybe they, they're leaving a last, last minute offer out there to William Jackson, uh, the third saying, look, if you want to stay cut down all the way down to the minimum uh, here or else you're going to get who, who knows. But they do do have a history of running these running these last minute things all the way up to the last minute. Yeah, you know? 
I just call it the Steelers way. That's the way they've always done things, the way they'll continue to do things. It's just part of their process and the way their their calendar works. Also, apparently, Darius Slay is seeking to trade out of Philadelphia. Mm. So some last minute news that comes across to add more excitement before this pre-free agency. Dave, before we get into some other free agent talk here regarding Pittsburgh, let's talk quickly NFL draft. The uh, NFL draft compensatory picks were released on Thursday and Pittsburgh, as expected, getting a goose egg. There really was no expectation or thought they actually would get any comp picks for how aggressive they were in free agency with signing guys like James Daniels and Mason Cole and Mitch Trubisky and not losing a ton of free agents, losing Juju, but other than that, um, nothing significantly that was going to count against that uh, comp formula. Maybe Ray Ray, but again, the uh, uh, the gains canceled out the losses. So no comp picks for Pittsburgh. The San Francisco 49ers got seven. So that is that is a little draft class. They just got in comp picks. Yeah, and I think three of them were related to GM, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to minority hires around the league there. Because I, I is it the max that a team can have in just regular compensation, like four or something be- like that? I believe so. So, yeah, uh, four came for what tr- traditional, you know, free agent losses, and then three came through the minority coaching uh, clause. Right, but you're right. That's like having uh, <laughs> ta da, here's a draft class, an extra right. draft class for you. And, and, uh, I, I would imagine that that we will see them kind of manipulate those picks into maybe some move ups or something like that. You know, I, I'd be willing to bet that they don't make their full complement uh, of picks. In fact, I'm looking at them now. Eric Branch, uh, one of their beat writers, just posted them. They have uh, 99, 101, 102, 157, 167, 173, 216, two, oh boy, a bunch of seven round seventh rounders in there 224 249 253 255 it really smells they and they don't have a first or second rounder this year so uh according to what he's putting out here so i uh i wouldn't be surprised to see them maybe package some of those things up to to maybe at least get into the second round and give pittsburgh like 173 or something one of those uh more you know later round fifth round type picks there because pittsburgh has that big hole from that fourth round pick until their first pick in the seventh round but yeah pretty crazy there also notable uh baltimore not getting a comp pick for apparently the first time in 13 years only one afc north team received any compensation that was the what cleveland browns getting a third round pick and that was part of that minority uh, coach program for losing one of their guys to to Minnesota. And so the Browns get a third round pick, but for once, hey, Baltimore does not get a comp. Mm-hmm. And boy, they lead since the inception of the compensatory uh, you know, draft pick process and all like that. They they lead the NFL. And it's not even I, I don't think it's even close when it comes to uh well, it is kind of close to to second place there. Baltimore from 1994 to 2023, Alex has received 55 compensatory draft picks. Uh, Dallas is behind them at 52. The Packers are behind them at 49. And then New England at 48. Uh, the Steelers uh, are in, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth place overall, actually tied, I guess, for eighth place overall with the Bengals of all teams. Uh 35 compensatory picks the Steelers have received since 1994, uh, which would be 20 less or 20. Is it 20 less or 20 fewer? Fewer. What's the, fewer. fewer. Oh, okay. All right. I uh, I'm working on my uh, on my 
uh, ninth grade English today. Uh, <laughs> 20 fewer uh, over the years here when it comes to compensatory picks. So, and uh, who is last? Is it Jacksonville? Because I think Field Gates had the stat 13 straight years for the Jags not getting a comp pick, which is believe, equally as wild. <laughs> believe it or not, it's Cleveland. Really? Yeah. Really? Third, only 13 compensatory draft picks for, for the Browns since 1994. Wow. How many did Jacksonville have? Uh, 19. Okay. So they must've gotten a bunch more, you know, more than a decade ago. Cause they, they apparently had this historic drought. So anyway, for Pittsburgh, no comp picks that was expected. And obviously we'll see what happens this year for, for next year in terms of their free agent losses and gains, probably a better chance to get a comp pick for 2024 than, uh, what they ultimately had for 2023. Yeah, but who's going to walk out the door and is going to have significant value to play into? Oh, well, here, here's the sentiment that I get that I'm, I'm, I'm feeling from around uh, the league right now, as far as you know, watching people on Twitter and all like that. And I think even Nick Corte kind of uh, of over the cap put something out there on Twitter yesterday, the day before. I don't remember exactly when, but uh, it just it, it doesn't feel like this year's free agent class is all that sexy. You know, you've got obviously your top end guys and uh, Javon Hargrave of the Eagles is going to be part of that. You got, you're going to have some big names, obviously uh, change, change teams there. But once you get past like the first, you know, 48 hours of this thing, this thing might dry up even quicker than it has in, 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 in previous years here. Uh, but uh, I guess what I'm getting at here is who on the Steelers, and we'll have a little bit of an exercise about this a little bit later on in the show here. Who 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 with the Steelers is likely to walk out the door for significant compensatory draft pick value? And by that, I'm talking about who's a guy that maybe signs with another team for let's say an average yearly value of more than five five million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was speaking broadly to any pick because if they could even get a seventh round pick, it'll be more than what they got. Sure. This year. Obviously, obviously, you know, if Cam Sutton were to leave and sign a mega deal for 13, 14 million per year, then that's going to get you sure. a third, but also maybe a fourth kind of the way these things work with minority coaches getting those third round slots. So that that's an obvious one. You're right from there. If it's not Sutton, if he resigns, then. I'm not really sure who that guy would be, but maybe you, somebody would get a surprising type deal and Pittsburgh might get the seventh or seventh pick. I, I guess I say that more from the, the lens of they're not going to sign as many marquee free agents externally as they did last year with Daniels, Trubisky, Cole, Wallace, et cetera. It doesn't feel like it. And if they are busy in free agency, as far as overall numbers go with outside players, I, I would expect the value of those things to be very muted. You know, yeah, I still think they could have one decent sure. swing at this thing. I don't think it's going to be, you know, the classic Cobra dumpster diving. Well, I mean, by, by decent swing, what do you mean? Average yearly value of like five or six million or what? Yeah, something like that. It might not touch what James Daniels got last year, but I could see, you know, six, seven million, you know, on, on a starter level type contract. Sure, because a cap hit on on such a, a thing would probably be around what three, three and a half million. And sure. uh, I mean, you you could swing it, obviously, from a probably from a cap perspective uh uh and on we'll we'll see what kind of cuts they have here you know obviously by 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 the time wednesday at uh uh four o'clock rolls around and all like that but uh yeah i i don't think it's out of the question to have you know one 
one decent prize. I, I just I don't feel like it's going to be as a, as a, a, an exciting time for Steelers fans as maybe per se it was last year. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see the flurry of signings so quickly and and with the amount. I mean, it was literal. Literally, Pittsburgh had the first official signing of free agency last year, Mitch Trubisky, and so you may not get that that uh, fury of things. But I, I think it'll be a little more aggressive than what some people are saying that Pittsburgh's going to do nothing and sit on their hands. You got a new GM, a new assistant GM, their first full off season, some holes defensively, and you're not in a terrible place cap wise. They're going to create space. They're going to make some moves. Right. And there, there will be probably by the time this uh, this thing settles, probably, I don't know, about five or six guys. And, you know, but I think a lot of those guys might be near minimum value kind of kind of kind of deals. Yeah, there's going to be definitely a fair share of those. But we'll talk about that more. Who knows? Maybe we'll be surprised by some things. All, All right. right. Uh, where are we going to now? The Steelers official draft order is in with comp picks being released and also some news. The Texas Texans are for, are forfeiting a, a fifth round pick with some sort of salary cap. I don't know. Improper violation, type violation, yeah, violation, 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 warning, warning. Uh, and, don't get and, whatever reference that was to, but uh, is that a reference to anything in particular? Well, you know, in you know, well I, I could have gotten the old danger, danger, danger. Mm. Will Robinson, you know, that was from the okay. old lost in space uh, series and all like that. But uh, uh, yeah, look, a sal- you know, sal- uh, salary cap violation here, if you will. And it seems like they paid uh, some money to Deshaun Watson or, you know, to, to help with his uh, you know, expenses of, of doing some training outside of the facility, I guess, during the COVID uh, thing. And, uh, you know, you're not, you're not supposed to do that, even though, you know, they maintain that it, you, that it that they don't feel like it gave them a competitive advantage or anything like that. Kind of harkens me back to what about 2000 or so like that when uh, the whole Will Wolford uh, thing uh, surfaced and all, and really the Steelers even kind of self-reported themselves uh, way back then, and their 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 uh, uh, punishment for that was even, you know, for as many years ago as it was, was a lot more, uh, I guess, in severity, a lot more severe than 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 what the Texans got. I think the Steelers lost what, like a third round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, something like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine or something like that. But uh, what did they do? Was this another where they paid a guy? To, it was for a facility or something. Yeah, it was something along the lines like he did, like Wolford. Uh, what was he got hurt or something and didn't meet meet some sort of uh, 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 incentive or something like that. And 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 Dan Rooney, uh, you know, kind of felt bad for him. Just decided he wanted to pay him that anyway. And it wasn't on the, you know, on the books that way. And I, I think basically kind of like a, maybe an, uh, 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 an unlikely to be earned came likely to be earned because the students, I don't, I don't remember the specifics of that. I mean, we've mm-hmm. obviously got some, uh, let me look back here. I wrote about this at one time, but uh, it's been quite a few years and uh no good deed goes unpunished. It sounds like when yeah, it comes to, yeah, to this ba- situation. Basically, why don't you tell the people real quick about what happened at some pro days while I uh, find the exact information on this Will Warford thing? Sure, Dave and I are hot on the trail. Our favorite time of year, our, our national pastime at Steelers Depot, spotting the Steelers scouts. So pro days kicking off. Got a big one today with Illinois, and so we're going to be watching that one 
very closely expecting some Steelers personnel to be there with all that great talent the Illinois team has, especially in the secondary. Um, but yesterday we saw Mark Gorsick at Purdue to watch some of those top guys, including tight end Payne Durham. And probably the biggest prospect there is Charlie Jones, who ran a 4-4-4 at this year's combine. Could be a late day two, probably more likely an early day three type of selection. Also, their quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, reportedly had a good workout at Pittsburgh's looking for that number three late in the draft, despite me being against it. Uh, that's a possibility there. And then we also pretty sure we saw Merrill Hodge actually at Texas, uh, which is kind of interesting. And I think maybe Hodge is doing an Ike Taylor type thing where he's a unofficial official scout. It's kind of looking at more specific positions, the way that Ike Taylor really focuses primarily on DBs. I think maybe Hodge is doing some stuff with running backs. Of course, Texas had two running backs there yesterday in Bijan Robinson, who did not work out, but did attend. And Rashawn Johnson, who's a, a later round undrafted type of candidate. And so it feels like maybe Hodge is doing some uh, kind of informal position spe- uh, specific scouting. But those were the two guys that we saw. And again, we'll watch for who was at that Illinois Pro Day today. Uh, you got great eyes, man. I wish I had them young eyes for you to have. I mean, look, you could tell that might be Merrill Hodge the first on the first shot that you uh, had there. But I don't I don't know. If, I mean. It, it definitely looked like him, but I don't know if it was enough there to, to, to say definitely, but boy, I found, I found a shot later on in mm-hmm. the day and, and that was Merrill Hyde. So uh, kudos to your Eagle eyes there. Yeah. Warford. It, I think it was something uh, the pro bowl tackle had a bonus written into his contract, paying him additional money. If he was moved back to his customary and more taxing position, left tackle after two seasons of light duty at left tackle, the starting left guard, uh, agreed to re- renegotiate his deal to help free up salary cap room for the Steelers. Renegotiations apparently removed 400000 in left tackle bonuses. Late August, uh, Wolford was moved to left tackle where he started last season despite numerous injuries. Uh, and I think, uh, long story short, I think Dan Rooney said, man, I, I feel, got, feel bad that we removed this bonus and then basically paid it to him anyway. And even though it wasn't on the books and that violated, uh, you know, it became a salary cap infraction. Gotcha. Yeah. And Third round pick, big loss there. Yeah. Yeah. And this was way back. Uh, 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 let's see, admit to salary cap uh, infraction back in, I think, August of, 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 two, of August of 1999. And I think that wound up uh, the penalty ended up coming into play. What the uh, 2000 draft, I think. But uh, you don't see many of these, but they do happen from time to time. And it's usually because uh, because, look, you can't you can't purposely make a transaction on the books that would send you over to cap. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, there's checks and balances in of that. But most the infractions you see nowadays are maybe, you know, payments to a player that didn't get submitted, you know, as a regular move and. And basically uh, having your books audited, if you will. Uh, and, and that seems to have been the case here when it comes to the Texans here. But uh, yeah, boy, it's good to see uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the pro day circuit now underway. And it'll really start getting hot, uh, hot and heavy next week there. What did we say? The 16th or the 17th? Or No, wait. When was the Clemson and Northwestern day? Did, did we I'll have to check. It's it's early next week. It's right around the start of the new league year. 
Right. Middle of next week, I think 14th or 15th, something like that. There's, so that's when we uh, are more than likely to have our first uh, Omar Khan slash uh, Mike Tomlin uh, sighting yeah. there. So. Tuesday, March 14th is Clemson. Okay. So that'll be the, the first big one, but, but Illinois should have some some big ones today. We're just one. I know only three people will care about this, and one of them is sitting in Vegas, you, in terms of scouting. But Mark Gorsak being at Purdue I've never seen him go to a pro day that far north before. So I wonder if they changed his area. He's traditionally been the southern area scout, Texas, Louisiana, Florida, that kind of thing. Um, with Dan Colbert shifting his role, he used to be the Midwest, kind of the Mac school, Michigan type scout. I wonder if they're changing Gorsak's region. And so we need some more information. But that's one note because we saw quite a bit of scouting turnover for the first time in about two decades with Pittsburgh last year. So I know no one cares, but we're going to be watching for that here. Uh, what do you make of uh, uh, Merrill Hodge? Yeah, it was. Now, one thing with Hodge is that he was at the Senior Bowl, and I saw him there up in the suite with the other scouts. And at first I thought, well, maybe maybe he's doing stuff because he works for Steelers.com, does stuff for the Steelers you know, YouTube channel. I thought maybe they're filming a thing and he's just kind of, you know, pounding around. But it sounds like maybe he's doing some of those like Taylor type, you know, informal, not officially listed as a scout on the Steelers site. But um, maybe Omar Khan wants some guys who played the position, know that position well, of course, like Taylor for DBs and Merrill Hodge for running backs to get that different perspective. So um, interesting. It makes sense. Um, we're going to see if he ends up anywhere else. Uh, and I did not spot, and I don't think you have either. I didn't spot anybody else at that, uh, at that Texas pro day, not saying that, you know, obviously people have gone, uh, missed by us in the past, but there's a pretty good selection of video and pictures out there. I think from that Texas pro day. And I, I came away thinking that, that, that Merrill Hodge was the only one there. Yeah, I went through a bunch of stuff late last night. I didn't see anybody else anywhere. Could have missed somebody, but uh, as far as I know, it's just Gorsuch and Hodge. Uh, let's see here. Todd Haley, unfortunately, passing along the news this morning. Uh, the NFL and my entire family lost one of the best people I've known and my idol, a man that gave me the best chance to succeed in this world. My father, Dick Haley, after a long fight with dementia and Parkinson's disease, uh, uh, apparently passed away there. So uh sad day for the Haley family. And, you know, obviously the Steelers roots to that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So that's um, yeah, very sad news. And our condolences go to Todd Haley and his family. Um, Dave, just to go back to the Steelers draft pick situation again, with those picks becoming confirmed and official after the compensatory picks were slotted, I'll read off the selections in the rounds that Pittsburgh has. First round, 17th overall, second round, 32nd overall, second round, 49th overall, third round, 80th overall, fourth round, 120th overall, seventh round, 234th overall, and seventh round, 241st overall. So one first round pick, two seconds, one third, one fourth, no fifth, no sixth, and two sevenths. That's what Pittsburgh currently has. Yeah, and I think Jonathan Hightritter wrote a wrote a post uh, yesterday on SteedersDepot.com, kind of you know uh, pointing to the fence and and predicting the Steeders to maybe uh, acquire some picks throughout this thing. You know, uh, trade down at some point. Uh, it will be interesting to see if a trade down happens in round one, right? You know, especially the way 
some of these things, you know, uh, potentially maybe the way that this first round could uh, uh, to, uh, end up playing out. Man, if you get if if that if the if the first round goes similar to the kind of uh, somewhere close to that walk the muck that you did a uh, week and a half or whatever ago there, I don't. I, if somebody's clamoring to get up to uh, uh, up to seventeen, and I have to move down five spots and maybe pick up a. Uh, you know, maybe a third and a fourth to do it. I, I, I'd seriously consider that, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to look and what form it'll take. I think that Omar Khan, this organization, finds a way to get a fifth or sixth rounder. So there is not that incredible lull of over 100, 100 picks from the fourth round to the seventh round. So that doesn't mean you have to trade down in the first round. You could trade down anywhere else. You could trade back up. You could trade future picks. There's, there's a million ways you could do it, but... I'd be surprised if by actual day three of the draft, they're sitting there, you know, not picking in the fifth or sixth round. That would be a long wait for us, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hoping it as well, because that'll be a I'll, I'll fall asleep on the couch if uh, if Pittsburgh's not making a pick there. Yeah. And uh, I, I would still think that the goal is to come out of this with 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 seven or eight selections overall for, for the team. Right. Yeah, they're sitting at what three? They're at seven right now. Right. So if you trade back, obviously you're going to be you know acquiring some picks again. I mean, there's a million things, the ways this thing could go. They could trade up, they could go down, they could do both. I think they will be more open to it than what Kevin Colbert was, especially when it comes to trading down. But it just it goes back to the maybe. If it depends on the board, depends on the offers, depends on the roster, depends on you know a half dozen variables. Sure, and and impossible uh, uh, to predict. Exactly. Until you're kind of sitting there on draft day. All right, Dave, where to now? We have all that draft stuff out of the way uh, on what Wednesday show. I had my wish list for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense today. I'll do the defense and I promise the defensive wish list for free agency is a little bit more exciting. And I'll kind of run through some of these names, guys that either make sense, guys that I think would be fits. Obviously, not all these guys will become Steelers, but just wanted to, to throw around some ideas, maybe some names that people haven't talked about quite as much. I think defensive line is going to be an important posi- position to address either through re-signing Larry Ogunjobi or one of these outside free agents. I'm looking at a Zach Allen, which I think will be a guy that gets paid more than most people think, but 25 years old, five and a half career sacks, played in a 3-4 system under Vance Joseph, kind of a similar deal to what Pittsburgh runs. Um, if you wanted to have kind of a big swing here, I think Zach Allen is that big swing. Well, that wouldn't hurt my feelings. I don't think it would hurt yours. I don't think uh, it would hurt most people uh, who, who, who who listen to this show as well, too. That guy really started, started to come into his own. Uh, you got to kind of learn a little bit more about him uh, as a NFL fan during the hard knock, during the Cardinals uh, hard knocks and all like that. And uh, just seems like a really good guy kind of has that body type uh, that, 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 that the Steelers look for. And once again, he, he seems to have really come into his own and in, in a kind of a weaker free agent class, if you will. He's probably going to make some money this time around, and uh, uh, I, I think it's going to be hard for for the Cardinals to retain him uh, because of that. It'll, it will be interesting to play uh, to see how this plays out here. Uh, there are several fit, fits around the league, though, uh, for him, and uh, the Steelers might might make a play for him, but I I, I just don't know how strong a play that they'll be willing to make. But it would be a uh, 
I, I think that 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 would be considered your prize mm-hmm. uh, if they were if they did go that route and get a guy like Gallon. It would be interesting to see him in a Steelers uniform uh, for sure, especially if they did lose uh, Larry Ogunjobi and went a different route there because uh, Zach Allen is a lot younger. Uh, he is a guy that you would sign to a four or five year deal as part of this, and then it it would at least kind of lessen. Uh, the pressure quite uh, significantly when it when it comes to the draft and an early round draft pick at, at, at the position. Whereas if you re-sign Ogan Joby, you know this year for 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 less money than you would say Zach Allen, I still think that you have to go into this year's draft with the notion that that a that a early round defensive lineman. Uh, would be picked here. Whereas if Zach Allen, obviously if you're paying him a little bit more money, he's going to be that starter mm. uh, alongside uh, Cam Hayward there. So a guy that I definitely like, and I understand why he's on your list. And, and I think it just comes down to market value and if the Steelers could actually land him or not. Yeah, that'll be the big sticking point because he's going to get paid more than, than most people think. Not a household name, but it'll get paid household name type money here uh, next week, I'm I'm expecting. So, yeah, obviously, if you re-sign Ogunjobi, then Allen's not going, to, not going to be part of that equation. But I think Allen's an upgrade over Ogunjobi, 25, and he's got 34-inch arms. Was that kind of that classic type coming out of Boston College? And uh, I think the system he played in, pretty similar and... Um, can really kind of play up and down the line. So that that that's the big name here, kind of the James Daniels of last year, I suppose. And I don't know if lightning will strike twice when it comes to to what I want. All right. Well, uh, that definitely a name, uh, definitely a name that deserves to be on the list, I think. Yeah. Three other names that are going to be smaller, cheaper pieces here. Uh, Matt Ioannidis from Carolina. I've always been a fan of him from Temple and Washington, kind of that classic run plugger, but had some decent metrics, uh, metrics as a pass rusher. Uh, this past year, although we just had one sack. Ashawn Robinson is that true nose tackle, going to offer very little as a pass rusher, but one of the better interior run defenders in football. So you want to get back to kind of basics. That's where I'm looking with Ashawn Robinson. He's with the Rams right now. And then an old friend, Andrew Billings, we've talked about uh, about before, that big, wide body in the middle. You know, We thought the Pittsburgh was going to take him when he came out of the draft, had some medical stuff that pushed him down. Um, he had a really strong uh, year this past year. And so um, that's a guy that probably should be pretty cheap because that pass rush, you know, you're not paying for that. You're paying for run defense and you want to put him in the middle to replace Ali Walu, probably start over Adams, Montrevious um, Adams. It's Andrew Billings. Uh, and when it comes to Matt, I, 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 I uh, he's got, I got an email a couple, about a week or so ago uh, from a listener who wishes not to be named. that says, uh, uh, he lives near Harrisburg. Let's see. Uh, he's got, he's got family or something near the Pittsburgh area or Philly area or something like that. And, uh, harken back to the last time that he got, uh, uh, was, was a free agent or on the market. There was maybe some whisperings that the students maybe had interest on him. I don't know how, you know, how connected this reader is, but he is a long time. I recognize the name and email are here, but, uh, anyway, there is, there seems to be some connection maybe to the area when it comes to him. So maybe this guy wants to end his career closer, closer to his family. So I'll just, throw okay. that little, I'll just throw that little tidbit in, 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 in on top of it here. 
Yeah, I didn't know that. I know he's from, looks like Jersey, you know, went to Temple. So other side of the state, but if he's got some family in Pittsburgh, then then great. So, you know, we'll see. I guess he's kind of stayed somewhat East Coast in, in Washington, Carolina. So um, that's a guy that, you know, is a little bit older, not as sexy as Zach Allen, probably not going to have that pass rush juice, but I've always been a fan of him. He was one of those guys that had that single digit number at Temple under Matt Rule, those Temple tough kind of guys. And um, that's a guy that would probably, you know, be a day one starter, but would not preclude you from drafting, say, uh, Trevon Dexter in round two. Sure. And then Robinson and Billings, your thoughts there again, kind of the more of those interior no stack or run stuffers. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, Billings is this guy, depending on how cheap, I mean, he looked good as uh, uh, as that nose over there. Uh, you know, you, you're obviously not going to want to pay a lot for him, but if you needed a, uh, you know, a, a, a more starter uh, like in a sub package, you know, right over the nose, you know, that would be an option there. And uh, the most recent tape that I've seen of him hasn't been awful. I mean, I don't think he's going to, uh, really cash in this off season, but uh, that would definitely. And look, you go back to the, uh, the, the, the pro day. Wasn't it Joe green that went down there that year, along mm-hmm. with everybody else to, to the, uh, to the Baylor pro day. Yeah. Yeah. It was Joe green. And that's when we thought, okay, this guy's going to be a stealer. Right. And uh, obviously for whatever reason, people uh, maybe it was fit. Maybe it was uh, health related with that knee. He 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 fell you know down to the middle of the draft there, and obviously it's kind of bounced around several places uh, since then. I, I I think you're looking at a one or two year deal if you went to go get a guy like that. And once again, not not a break the bank type of deal. And then Robinson wasn't. Uh, what was the interest in 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 a. Sean Robinson? He was a pre draft visitor that year, wasn't he? Was he? I, I may not have even recognized that. I can I can check. I was just doing it based off of the schematic fit and, and less of the dot connecting. But I can. I don't. I draft? don't remember. Uh, let's see. That would have been the 2016 uh, pre-draft visitor list. You might be right. I hadn't even thought to, I, to check yeah. that. I was checking the 2019 class, but uh, yeah, he actually was a visit. Good call. Good memory. All right. Certain things stick in your head. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he was a name that 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 definitely stuck in my head. Yeah, he visited on looks like April 5th that year in uh, in in 2016. Was anybody else on this list that uh, most of these guys are out of the league, mm-hmm. uh, out, out, out of the league now? But there actually, uh, are a couple though. There's Javon Hargrave, who obviously became right. a Steeler, will not become a Steeler this year. Uh, the couple of safeties I didn't put on there, but I did kind of just casually look at and Dion Bush and Keanu Neal. Neal's that okay. big hitter um, who had that torn Achilles, kind of bounced back this past year. If Edmonds were to leave, I, I put Neal off just because his coverage has kind of been so poor and he's kind of become almost a linebacker type, but. Um, you know, should at least mention him because he was a pre-draft visitor and also Von Bell, but I think Von Bell is going to cost too much. Right, right. Okay. So, uh, could, could Robinson be the more realistic of all these guys or, well, I think or, or from, from, from the probability standpoint, maybe what's his market going to be? Yeah. I mean, he's got nothing against the pass. And so you get paid when you get sacks. So he's right. not going to get paid like Zach Gallen. Well, but he's not going to be, I don't think, super cheap. He he wants one last contract. He's going to be 28. He wants to secure the bag one more time. So I don't know the exact number just to try to throw numbers out. It might be five, six million per year. But as you said earlier, you know, you can always make that first year cap charge right. pretty low. Right. 
All right, edge rushers. I know you've mentioned Chase Winovich quite a bit, and, and that one makes a lot of sense. I just threw out one more name just to put an edge rusher on here, and Ben Banigou from Indianapolis uh, and, and the Colts, and that was really more dot connecting. He was brought in for a pre-draft visit in 2019, really has not had a successful NFL career, just two and a half sacks, both coming, uh, all of them coming in his rookie season, but maybe just a bad scheme fit. Um, with Indy, maybe he wants a fresh start with a system that probably plays to his strengths a bit better. I think Pittsburgh would. He's only 27. He'd be a literal minimum type contract right. and kind of worth that look. And I, I think he was a guy that I, that we've had a few discussions with way back uh, prior to that. I, he, he's probably in a mock draft or two of mine way back then. <laughs> probably, I bet. And probably you and you, you and mine as well. Right. Uh, and, and once again, the, you know, be, because of certain fits and, uh, scheme and and measurables uh it's it's not hard to connect a lot of these dots so uh, i think that's a good person uh, a, a good one to have on this list as well too uh and once again i'm i'm, I'm sure you're gonna uh, people are gonna probably turn up their nose at, at at the overall list but once again we're not expecting that this team to go crazy and that this is going to be a lot of lower level uh, obviously dot connecting type things. Now the next guy on the list would be, uh, you know, qualifies you know, a little bit more significant signing. Yeah. This guy won't come cheap and we're talking inside linebacker and there really are several options for Pittsburgh to, to look at if they want to address that position again in free agency. Now Tremaine Edmonds has always been the name people have talked about. That's not going to happen. He's just going to cost, you know, far too much, but TJ Edwards from Philadelphia, uh, teammates with TJ Watt in, in Wisconsin. Um, you know, he's had two strong years. He was the every down kind of guy in Philadelphia this past year, 94% of the snaps, um, really graded out well in coverage, had that tip at late in that uh, win against Pittsburgh, that blowout victory that Philadelphia had that was picked off by Chauncey Gardner Johnson. So he's a guy that um, can cover, can run. I think he's had a strong couple of seasons in Philadelphia, helped keep some of those high draft picks off the field. But um, he won't come cheap. He will cost, you know, a, a fair amount for sure. Okay. And then yeah, the other, I, mean, I, I think yeah. the probability is a little bit low, but he is a name that you, you have seen on the, what the pro football uh, focus mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, people trying to connect the dots at, at it, it would just be once again, man, it seems to become an annual thing now. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, add the, add the, you know, the, the kind of the guy maybe on the decline, you know, from, from another team. Yeah. I mean, I have a preference to try to, you know, go through the draft because you've had so many free agent whiffs, but um, that's a name that has been talked about before. I'm not the first person to suggest TJ Edwards, but I do think that one makes sense. There's the other Eagles inside linebacker as well. in Kaiser white, a former safety West Virginia. So kind of a local guy coming out that became a converted linebacker. Um, that's also had a couple of good years. I thought actually in coverage, he had his best season uh, this past year in Philadelphia. And so they're not going to retain all those guys. They got some draft picks that they just uh, took, I think, in um, who was a Quay Walker and a Kobe Dean. I always get those guys mixed up. But one of those is in Philadelphia, probably will have that ascending role next year. They got to potentially try to pay Javon Hargrave and they got some other issues as well. So probably some of those guys hitting the market and Kaiser White should cost less than TJ Edwards. Okay. And then at cornerback, the names here probably aren't great. So really the emphasis is on re-signing Cam Sutton. But Rocky Sin was a guy that I really thought Pittsburgh was going to draft in 2019. Then they trade up for Devin Bush and we'll never know who they would have taken had they not been able to move up and Devin Bush was off the board. But um, he got traded from Indy to the to the Raiders and 
has been a decent cover corner for them. Greedy Williams is kind of that pedigree that never quite worked out in Cleveland type of situation. Um, kind of reminds me of James Pierre, not as physical, not as big, but, you know, good athlete, inconsistent to an extent, but maybe there's something there that you want to work with. And then, and I should have looked up the pronunciation, so I'll, I'll be a little rusty here, but from Detroit, Amani Arorier is a guy that had six picks two years ago and then kind of had a pretty bad 2022, but good news that'll kind of keep his price tag down. So you want some cheap guy that has some, uh, some ball skills. It might be him. Uh, do you envision these guys being possibilities? Should Cameron Sutton go elsewhere? I think if Sutton, well, yes, if, if Sutton goes elsewhere, for sure, they're going to have to probably add a cornerback, even though the cornerback class in the draft is strong. If Sutton is resigned, you can probably cross off your sin because that's going to be too much money invested in those two guys. But I think even if Sutton is resigned, a Greedy Williams, a Rorier could be resigned or could be signed because they're going to be you know backups, rotational, number three, number four types that shouldn't cost all that much. And Rock Yassin is somebody, obviously, we talk about way ahead of that drop back. Uh, uh, that was Dave T's guy, right? Was it? Okay, I couldn't remember. Uh, what what Dave T. Thomas, the guy that says, man, they really like this guy, and uh, uh, they're going to take him. And, I mean, uh, I, I think Dave T., uh, so many words, said, look, he, he's going to be a stealer. So, uh, but uh, definitely a guy that I think that we talked about quite a bit prior to that, uh, uh, prior to that year's draft. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember that one, but uh, I believe you're there. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Cam Sutton and kind of, kind of go from there. And then at safety, just putting out uh, two names here, Mike Edwards from Tampa Bay, who's played all over for them. Free safety, strong safety slot, not quite as big as Terrell Edmonds, but um, you know, that's a guy that I think has versatility, some really good ball skills that Pittsburgh has lacked at strong safety. You know, we'll see if Tampa Bay resigns him. It sounds like they're going to try to make a push to bring him back. But if he does hit the market, I could see him being playing Pittsburgh if Terrell, Terrell Edmonds and, and maybe even Casey leave. All right. Now, last year, didn't you? I mean, you, you always do your wish list and all like that. But didn't you have one specific post to 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 to, to James Daniels? I'd have to check. I can't remember for sure if I did or not. Um, I hope so. I'll sound smarter if I did, but I don't know if I did. Okay. Or not. Uh, I guess where I'm going with this is between your offensive and your defensive wish list. If there was one guy uh, from either one of these lists that you really could see happening the most, who would it be? I guess. I mean, it's all a complete guess. It's, you know, you never know. If a guy gets resigned, first of all, or if some other team comes in and throws a bunch more money at him. One of the first things I thought about, and it's not, this isn't the one that I want to happen the most, but I guess you're asking who I think has the best shot. If I had to right, call my right. shot on one of these names, becoming right. not, a stealer. Not who you want, but who you think will happen. I'll go Zach Pascal, the receiver from Philadelphia, because he's going to be cheap. Dude caught 10, 15 passes this year. I think he checks every box his team looks for, that veteran-type receiver to add to that room. Not going to stop this team from getting Calvin Austin on the field, or if they want to entertain drafting a receiver, would not prevent them either. But special teams, run blocking, versatility, and he's just been one of those thorns in Pittsburgh's side that just scores against them every time they, 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 they see each other. And so get him on your team is kind of my thought. I'm going to go with the uh, of the guys that you have listed, Matt, Matt Iondias. Iondias. Iondias, yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's probably one of I, he'd be in like my top three names to consider. Um, it really it comes down to if they resign Oakland Joby, then that may take some of those defense alignment off the board, at least in terms of the more end types. You know, I think Billings and Robinson would still be on the table interiors and those tackle, but 
I would love, I would be really happy if Ioannidis became a stealer. Now, I would think that would, uh, I don't think that would be anywhere close to the average yearly value that we saw the the, the, the James Daniels. So l- let me kind of, uh, of the guys that maybe more than minimum or more than close to minimum, I'm I'm rooting for you, Zach Allen, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, but that, that is going to cost. Right. We, you may be getting close to James Daniels' money there, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, you probably would be there. Uh, I'm looking at the rest of your names here. I mean, are there any other other names that you've talked about Winovich aside that may not be listed on my list that you feel like, hey, that's a guy that has a good chance to become a Steeler? Uh, I think Andrew Billings is a guy that we've talked about through this process that 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 I think could happen. I, I think it would happen on the okay, now, not just lower level. I'm talking a little bit more than minimum here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this time around, uh, I, I would, I would expect it to be on a defensive side of the football, to be honest with you. So I would think somewhere along the lines of a Billings or maybe a Rocky sin, uh, or, 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 or something like that. I mean, really, because I, I really think this year is going to be really muted, you know, uh, coming away with a guy, you know, that, that earns with the average yearly value. A guy that you could throw up there and point to this has a good chance to be the guy of maybe of a guy that earns more than five five million on an average yearly value. It's, it's really hard to do, I think, this year. I really think a guy like Aurier from Detroit is a perfect buy low candidate. And for a Pittsburgh team that that has such a central tenet to making plays in the football, picking off passes. And I went through some of the picks that he had two years ago when he had six of them. I mean, they were some pretty quality interceptions. They weren't all just gimmies and tip balls and and that kind of stuff. They were pretty quality. And so, again, not a starter, not to, to be an every down guy. He was terrible in 2022, but I think it's a really good buy low candidate, Penn State kind of guy. Maybe there's some extra familiarity there with, I don't know, Terrell Austin and just a general you know vibe coming out of college. The other safety I forgot to mention on this list, and if, this one's probably a pipe dream because I think he gets re-signed, Jeremy Reeves from Washington elite special teams guy and they Pittsburgh could be losing some really quality special teams players in miles Boykin, Benny Snell, Derek Watt, um, Marcus Allen Reeves was the up back last year in Washington, all pro pro bowl guy there. Um, again, I think he stays in Washington, but if he hits the market, you know, if a Derek Watt type of contract, I could see that going to Jeremy Reeves. Uh, if you want to talk about guys that I think, you know, I, I would point to as my best selection or my my best choice for guys that I think had the best chance to change teams to become a steeler. It would be Chase Winovich, I think. OK, yeah. But, so it, any... it, but that would be a minimum. You know, it, it would be a very, very cheap deal. You know. Yeah. Uh, and and he's definitely going to hit the market. It feels like there's not any talk about him resigning. Uh, not not not. That what I've seen in the last couple of weeks, or at least since I since I wrote that 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 post about him. And look, a lot of people are going to ask about you know why isn't Bud Dupree on this list? I just, I mean, is there a possibility? Is it easy to connect the dots? Absolutely. Would 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 he probably be welcomed back with open arms? I don't see why not. Uh, could they use that that type of player? Absolutely. I just I got a feeling that his market value is just going to be. A little bit too rich than 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 maybe what the Steelers want to pay uh, for a guy like that. I mean, obviously, if you got a like guy like Bud Dupree, then then you're not going to need a guy like Chase Winovich, I wouldn't think. You know, right? Uh, but uh, uh, and here's the thing about Bud Dupree is is you're 
you know, he is going to get cut, but such a cut like that's not going to happen until the start of the new league year. And why is that? Because he's due, uh, he's got a guaranteed portion of his 2023 money that the, uh, the Titans have already rolled over their, uh, uh, their, their, their minuscule ex- excess cap space from 2022 to 2023. So, you know, uh, you, you talk about a salary cap violation that, guaranteed money with it because we're still technically in the 2022 new league year they can't they can't have that accelerate that so that's why a bud dupree cuts not going to happen until officially after the start of the new league year on wednesday and then of course he would become a street free agent at that point and if you did sign him there would be nothing on the compensatory sheet for either team so once again could it happen Absolutely, it could. I, I think it would come down to price and role uh, with, 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 with Bud Dupree. Yeah, and for the purposes of my free agent list, I'm only including pending free agents, not guys that are about to be released, could be released cap casually type. So no Bud Dupree, no Matt Filer. When those names become officially available, certainly we can, and we already have talked about them. Um, so, you know, that's, the, that's the, uh, overall rationale there, but we do fully expect Dupree to be, re- be, uh, released next week. Uh, what's your gut on Dupree? You think it happens or no? We, we already kind of went over. I, mm-hmm. I, I just, it feels like it, it feels like it won't, but we'll see. I, I'm probably more towards, yeah, I could definitely see that happening. I don't know how big that market will be. Obviously there's going to be a negotiation around what that, that number is and him now becoming a backup as opposed to being the starter. But. Yeah, I mean, in my gut, I feel like, yeah, I could, I could really see that happen. Okay. But we'll see. I mean, it just depends on on a lot of factors, and we'll get our answers probably sometime, maybe later next week. So that's the the wish list there. Um, take it or leave it. Again, it's got names of, of some bigger names and smaller names. I just try not to do. And I don't want to put every single name on here. You could have put more inside linebackers. David Long's been talked about. That's a, a fine suggestion that you know may come to fruition. Who the heck knows? But I just try to put some different names on there, not overload the list with here's 30 names that we could look at and just kind of have a whole, you know, list of the actual, you know, list of free agents. So just wanted to be a little bit different and always a fun exercise for me. All right. All right, Dave, it's time to play a game with our uh, (laughs) um, free agency coming up here. I had a video yesterday on my free Asian predictions, who I think stays and goes and a pretty long list of uh, pending free agents for Pittsburgh. And so before any chance of resignings occur, I want to get your thoughts on uh, and your predictions on who you think stays and goes. So do you want to start here with the Steelers offense or defense when it uh, comes to making our predictions? Let's see the harder. I think the harder choices are uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So let's go offense first. All right. I'm going to read them in order as you wrote them up in your uh, primer list here earlier in the offseason. Tight end Zach Gentry. Does he stay or does he go? Uh, I think as uh, this one already I, sounds pretty hard. This yeah, this, starting offense here. Yeah, I they I think they like him too much. And uh, I think the mark his market will be depressed. And I think his best something. You know, I think he wants to stay. So I, I, I think they'll get something done with him uh, prior to, you know, prior to Wednesday. Okay. And these, these could be even guys that hit the market and, and eventually resign. But just okay. where are they playing next year is the question. Is it Pittsburgh? I, I, or is I it think elsewhere? he resigns. I think he resigns at some point. I'm, I'm with you too. Uh, fullback Derek Watt. Does he stay? Does he go? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously having a brother still in town and all like that. You know, the la- he he had he's been okay on special teams the last couple of years, but uh, you know they they obviously haven't been using him uh, offensively. Snap total, it, it just feels like. It feels like he might end his career somewhere else. So I'm going to say, no, they don't re-sign him. I'm with you there. I think he goes. He's 30. I think his special teams production and and play has decreased some. Now, he was the hammer last year on third and one, fourth and one. But I think that role is pretty easily replaceable. Uh, I think Connor Hayward can do a lot and more of what Derek Watt can do. So I think he goes. Quarterback Mason Rudolph. I know this is a tough one, Dave. I'll give you some time to process this. He gone. He gone. Mason Rudolph is gone. Uh, Wide receiver Miles Boygan stays or goes? Man, I I think this guy probably would really, really like to stay. I'll tell you that. And, you know, with him being down in South Florida with those guys, maybe he knows something already. Uh, I think he stays. You know, good special teams player. Uh you know, I don't think there's probably much of a market out for out there for him. Uh, I think he loves the fit. Uh, I think you could get something done with him fairly quickly here in the next couple of days. So I'm going to say Miles Boykin is back on a, let's say a one-year veteran benefit deal. I'm with you. I do wonder if he wants to try to find a more offensive role somewhere. He, you know, was playing offense early in his career in Baltimore and then just kind of become the special teams guy. I don't know if Pittsburgh will afford him the chance to really see meaningful offensive snaps, but I think he likes it in Pittsburgh. I think he stays running back and Benny Snell. How about some Benny Snell football? Have we seen the end? Mike Tomlin loves him. Some Benny Snell football. We try to tell people that every year, uh, if, uh, his value to other teams is man, that guy can play on special teams. He can pass protect. And if you need to get out of a game with a guy that can carry the football, uh, uh, you know, in a, in a power type situation, it's him. I just, you know, you look at this year's draft and look at free agency and there's going to be a lot of running backs like him, maybe looking for work. Uh, why wouldn't he want to return to, to, to Pittsburgh, even in that role? Uh, now how much would it take? You know, that's a good question. I, my, my gut tells me that they like Benny Snell football too much and that he'll be back. Does he qualify for one of those veteran benefit contracts where it's like the Edmonds deal last year? Does he qualify? Yeah, I believe so. He's a four year guy, right? Right. Has so he's been on, has he been, and he, he hasn't been cut in any form or fashion yet. Has he? No, he wasn't cut his rookie year. I don't believe. Okay. Well, if he's been, if he's, if he's been under contract all four years, then he qualifies for it. So that would be a candidate. I could see that one. For for yeah. for for a four year qualifying, uh, what they call a four year qualifying contract that comes with a slightly less uh, 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 salary cap charge. That seems like the perfect guy to do that deal on because he probably wants a little bit of money in his pocket, but you also want to have the benefit of, of bringing down that cap charge a little sure. bit. So I I could see that. Yeah, I'm with you there, Dave. I think you know obviously again like Boykin does he want to try to test the waters for some team that'll give him more of an offensive role because he won't get it in Pittsburgh until and unless injuries occur but i think he understands he probably won't find that uh, elsewhere likes pittsburgh likes that value of what he is as that number three and all it takes will be one injury for him to potentially see some sort of offensive role next year so i think he returns okay offensive tackle trent scott does he stay or go (laughs) does it matter (laughs) (laughs) that's Uh, the the third option dave is yeah uh man 
there's not going to be any interest in him outside of Pittsburgh. So uh, I, I could foresee him on a one-year veteran benefit deal that uh, no, no guaranteed money included. You either make, make the roster or you don't type of situation. So, okay, I'll say he resigns. Breaking news. Dave says Trent Scott resigns. I'm with you for the Pat Meyer connection. Um, minimum, you know, no guarantees here with this contract, but knows the system. He stays. And then Jesse Davis, offensive guard. Jesse Davis, does he stay or go? I'm I'm a higher on, and it's not like uh, get a parade lined up here <laughs> or anything like that. But I I think I'm, I or I know I'm higher on him than 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 you are as a guard. Uh, if you're going to bring back Trent Scott on a one-year veteran benefit contract, why wouldn't you do the same with Jesse Davis? Just to give you familiarity a little bit of protection, at least through draft day. I mean, it's not going to cost you hardly any cap room to do it. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, he's back. I'll say no. And if it, it could go either way, obviously, but I just think Trent Scott with a Pat Meyer connection is why I think he stays. Plus tackle depth is actually a little bit weaker if Scott were to leave than if Davis were to leave in terms of the interior offensive line. Davis goes, you got Hassenauer, assuming he's tendered, brought back in some capacity which I'm confident in and even Kendrick green, which is not exciting, but they're going to add to that position. They're going to bring in some more people. So um, again, it really could go either way. As you said, doesn't matter much, but I'll say Scott stays and Davis goes. Here's what I wrote about Davis back in uh, right after the season. Uh, pro, uh, let's see. Will there be much of a market for him after not playing any offensive snaps in 2022? Probably not. Might the Steelers be able to get Davis re-signed to a one-year veteran benefit contract during the offseason? We'll see. One would think that he might want to see what else is out there in free agency. However, in short, it's probably a 50-50 proposition that Davis will be re-signed during the offseason if he does resign it won't be for a lot i think you're right on that maybe it is the chris wormley school of thought of you owe us some snaps jesse davis after trading for you but um this one again could go either way so that so to to recap you have we both have gentry staying we both have watt leaving both have rudolph leaving both have boykin and snell staying both have scott staying is that what you said scott staying yeah yeah and then we're we're different on the jesse davis i think we're going to watch that one very closely. Who, where will Jesse Davis go? The uh, the hot topic of the offseason. All right. So the offense, pretty not exciting. Defense, though, could be more exciting. So let's make our predictions there. Let's start with the big one, Dave. Cornerback Cam Sutton. Does he stay? Does he go? Yeah, I think this is already done. They're just waiting to announce it, to be quite honest with really? you. Really? Uh, okay. I, 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 I'll be surprised if he's not back. I, I, you know, I think that's a priority of theirs. And you know, we know how this team operates. They, 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 they really like to retain their own. And I think mm-hmm. he's back. I think he's back too. I'm probably a little less confident than you just wondering about what he might get on the market, the way some of these cornerbacks get paid and will Pittsburgh be willing to the pony that, that potential money up. But ultimately I'll align with you and say he comes back. And on the money you're saying for, for Sutton only, let's put in the, the, uh, the dollar amount to the average yearly value. Give me a number on that on that contract. Uh, ten and a half to thirteen and a half. Oh, that's not a number. A number is one number. That's a that's such a big range too. Ten and a half to thirteen and a half. Uh, thirteen. Thirteen. I'll say eleven and a half on Sutton. Okay. All right. Defensive tackle, defensive lineman, Larry Ogunjobi. This is where it starts getting tough, Dave. Does he stay? Does he go? Uh my gut from the out really feels like. 
he's he's um he's gonna you know he wants one more deal somewhere where he can plant his feet. He's been pretty much a mercenary every offseason for the last few of them here. Uh, they're they're going to want to go younger here, and is it? And, and, and by younger, I think early in the draft too, and they're going to want to get that guy and not, you know, what his values worth is, is it really going to be worth, worth that based on what he's playing his age and, uh, and all like that. I, I got a feeling that he's going to take the best offer out there somewhere and it's not going to be Pittsburgh. That's kind of been my feeling on this really since this, since the season ended. Yeah, I understand that. I, I just had the feeling that this was a a one year, almost the football equivalent of a shotgun wedding. Of okay, the Bears deal fell through. Not a lot of interest. Question about the health. Let's bring you in for a one year, last second, and and just see how this thing goes. And I mean, he had some. You know, he was hot and cold last year when he played well. He played well. There were some really impressive snaps, and we had the toe injury. I don't know how much that impacted things. I just wonder though, and and, and I'm with you. I'm I'm going to guess he leaves, but I'm not really confident in that prediction. It's my least confident one I've given so far. Um, but just knowing the defensive line draft class is pretty weak and knowing how how shallow that room would be, how thin that room would be if Okunjobi leaves, does that kind of compel them to try to re-up him just because they don't want to be left really with that that giant hole there if he goes? Look, my mouth won't hit the hit my desk here if 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 word comes out that they re-signed him. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it'll be a shock. I mean, but we're 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 trying to go through. We're actually trying to predict these things. And my gut really has been since the end of the season would be that he won't be back. Okay, I'm with you as well. But I think that certainly means this team has to find some defensive alignment in free agency. You can't rely on just the draft and the right players and those guys, those rookies, to come in and contribute heavily uh, right away. Safety Terrell Edmonds. Does he stay? Does he go? And I think he stays. I think he, uh, you know, how, here's the thing. I, I think he has progressed every year that he's been in the league. It hasn't been much year by year, but I think he has progressed. That being said, I think that with the safety market and we'll see what else happens in the next couple of days, I think he's going to be back in the same situation he was last year, be quite honest with mm-hmm. you. And he's going to look around and says, do I really want to go somewhere else? Uh, I know what I got here. I know there's a good shot that I could be this, the, the week one starting safety here. Yada, yada. Uh, I think he's back. My, my, my gut with him has, has, has been overall more to the side that he returns. I want Edmonds back. I think it's logical, sensible, and almost kind of foolish to let this guy leave and try to figure out what else to do with strong safety. I think he's that classic box safety. I don't know, Dave. I just feel like they declined his fifth-year option a couple of years back, which was the obvious move. They had him sitting for agency for a long time until a week before the draft last year, and I think they had an offer out there for a while, and he was kind of seeing what else he might be able to get before coming back to Pittsburgh, but there's never been a lot of urgency or desire to to keep Edmonds around. It's been pretty uh, a simmer, not a boil. And I just think at some point, if Pittsburgh's not willing to try to do a long-term deal, maybe the safety market is a little bit hotter this year with the draft class being so weak. It's probably the weakest position in this year's draft is that safety class. I'm going to be a little bit different because here's my other thought too. It can't all go right. They can't sign all the guys that they want or all the guys that, that would be perfect and make all this easy. So there's got to be one semi-surprise here. So I'm going to, long story short, I'm going to say he goes, go somewhere else. Could he go to Buffalo? 
if Tremaine gets re-signed, I mean, I don't, I don't know if Tremaine I mean, is going to get re-signed. I mean, he, it sounds like he's going to walk. No, I'm saying even if Tremaine doesn't, because don't they have, aren't, aren't they letting Poyer go out the door? Yeah, he's got all those injuries. Yeah, I mean, sure, he could go. I don't know where he would end up, but Buffalo makes sense. Sure. Okay. Uh, I, I, my, my gut on this has been that that he'll be back. Okay, and I have the thought, and and you'll kind of tease the uh, future prediction, but I, I just. Don't know if both Edmonds and Casey will come back. I kind of feel like it's either or. I don't think both leave. I don't think both return. And so it's one or the other to me when it comes to Edmonds versus Casey. I think it's in this team's best interest to get both those guys done. Sure, it is. But it takes two to tango. Both guys want to come back. And so it's not just do the Steelers want him back and is he a good fit? But does Edmonds want to come back for the money? Does Casey want to come back if he knows Edmonds is coming back and Casey's now just the backup dime defender? Maybe, but... I, there's other perspectives too. Um, inside linebacker Devin Bush again, another another tough one. I'm going to kind of stretch here to let you really think about this one. Devin Bush, Dave, does he stay he, or go? He gone. He gone. <laughs> Devin Bush gone. Just what kind of? I mean, is one year for like three million? Like what kind of contract do you think he gets from anyone? Uh, it might be more than a more than a minimum. You know, uh, I mean, he had, he does have the pedigree, and there's there's probably some defensive coordinator or linebackers coach out there that thinks he can fix him. Mm-hmm. All right, both agreement on Devin Bush, along with I think every other member of Steelers Nation inside linebacker Robert Spillane. Does he stay? Does he go? They like him. He likes uh, everybody. Likes everybody. They'll figure out a way to get this done. <laughs> I like that. Everybody likes everybody. I'm with you. And this is this is when I'd be like shocked if he went somewhere else. I mean, where else is about this plane going to have more value than Pittsburgh? Get him off of third downs, please. But Splane's going to come back. He, I think he resigns before he'd be like the first guy to resign. Probably is like Robert. Right. Well, we might even know about that by later today. Who knows? Right. You know? All right. Safety, DeMonte Casey. I kind of teased it already, but uh, I'll defer to you to start here. Dave, does he stay? Does he go? I think he stays. I think they keep both these guys. I think they, I think they better. I, I, that, that's where I am. You know, you try not to let your, uh, your bias of what you want the team to do conflict with what the team will do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I find it hard to, to separate the two in this situation because I, <laughs> I look, I think if they want to compete in, 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 in 2023, they'd need to keep as much of them de- defensive pieces and parts together as possible, I think. And, uh, go, uh, uh, bringing both Casey and Edmonds back, I, I, I think would benefit them in doing so. I think Casey, uh, I mean, I, I think he would like to be back, uh, obviously, but uh, I, I think they get something done, Alex. I think it is in their best interest to resign both. I'd love to have both come back, set it, forget it. Your safety room is basically good. I just don't know if the players are going to see that the same, but the money's going to work out the same with the other free agents to, 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 to offer contracts to. Not that Casey's going to command that much, but I do think Casey returns. Like I mentioned earlier, I think it's either or. And I think maybe they like Casey's ball skills a bit more, his coverage versatility, a guy that played a lot of posts last year and some of those sub packages that Edmonds really can't do. So it's a little bit more flexibility, especially if you pay something a bunch of money and probably keep him more as that outside cornerback covering receivers on third down, not dropping into the deep half. So um, my guess, and I, I, I don't, again, feel incredibly confident about this. It's kind of like Oak and Joby, but I say Edmonds goes, but Casey does return. Okay. All right, defensive lineman, defensive end, Chris Wormley, obviously complicated by the torn ACL, but does he at some point come back or does he, is he, is he in Pittsburgh in, 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 in the summer come St. Vincent college time? 
or is he playing somewhere else? Uh, short answer here. Yes. Uh, okay. But it might not happen until June, July or something like that. Yeah. In my video, I said he will resign, but after the draft and probably well into the summer as that ACL heals, they kind of check on that. There is zero rush to uh, do a deal with Chris Wormley. All right, Tyson Alu-Alu, nose tackle. Tyson Alu-Alu, does he stay? Does he go? Yeah, we haven't uh, seen him announce any retirement yet. Maybe he won't or whatnot, but uh, look, a couple years. uh, What a career, what a guy, what a human. uh, For for a long time, just the ability to stay on the field uh, as long as he did and obviously put put together a couple nice seasons there in Pittsburgh. it's, it's, It's time. It's time for him to walk away, I think. Uh, he'll turn 36 in May, and he's just not the player that he was back in 2020. They got to get younger on the defensive line, more reliability in there. Uh, I'll be surprised if he's back. I yeah. think he's just going to flat out retire. Yeah, I'll be surprised if he's back, if he's playing anywhere uh, in the NFL next year. I think he will retire. He probably has already made that decision. He's just kind of a low-key guy that probably wouldn't tell a whole lot of people about uh, him retiring. If he does land somebody, I'll I'll root for him one last season because you mm-hmm. just uh uh you know uh, an, an all around good guy, good fit in Pittsburgh for the time he was here and all that. Yeah. By the way, uh, just a quick draft note: Devon Witherspoon not taking part in that important Illinois pro day. He's got that hamstring injury suffered, I think, uh, shortly before the combine. Yet another reason to not make these pro day workouts a week after the combine. Wow. Mm-hmm. That, but he's got apparently a private workout or personal workout on April 5th, but uh, still other good Illinois talent there in Sydney Brown, Jartavius Williams or Jartavius. What's, well, what's his name? Jartavius Martin. I think it is. Um, and so we'll see what Steelers scouts are there. Anyway, back to our game. That was our uh, commercial break there. Uh, outside linebacker Malik Reed. Does he stay? Does he go? Uh, he gone. Yeah, he gone. What a. I we, know we, does- we, we, we warned people about this mm-hmm. right after they traded for him. And it ended up being kind of exactly what we thought they were getting in this situation. And the biggest uh, mark on him is seeing what happened late in the season against AFC teams that could run the football, or AFC North teams that could run the football with him uh, being inactive there. That's all you needed to see at that point there. So there's, to me, there's no reason to even try to resign him. Yeah, you made the great point. You're inactive against Baltimore. You're not a stealer. You're not going to come back. And so just uh, just not that it was an incredibly consequential trade, but uh, a misevaluation by Omar Khan, one of the first deals that he made. All right. Uh, and I'm, I'm in agreement. He's, he's going to be gone. Inside linebacker Marcus Allen. Does he stay? Does he go? I think it's time to uh, let him fly away here. It, uh, my prediction is that he moves on. But however, comma, if he does resign, it would be for a minimum uh, minimum salary benefit. And and let's see if you can make the team. Uh, if there's anybody in 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 the rooms saying let's bring him back on a minimum salary benefit deal, it would be Danny Smith just from the special teams aspect uh, of it all. And he is coming off of a biceps injury. He's probably uh, he's. There's not going to be a rush out there for teams to sign him. So his status might not even be determined until you get into June and July. Yeah, he's the guy that could sit and wait. I think my prediction was that he goes. I know the fan base is ready to to kick him out. I think he could come back. It wouldn't shock me just because the inside linebacker room looks so thin right now. Not that he's ever really been a piece as an inside linebacker defensively, but the special teams value just kind of a known commodity for that minimum deal. 
I don't want to rule that out. I think fans will probably be more quick to dismiss that th- than I will be. But ultimately, I think they kind of revamp that inside linebacker room. Mark Robinson, they bring Spillane back. So they probably add some talent, draft, and or free agency. So I'll say Allen walks. Okay. And finally, last but not least, Carl Joseph. You probably, most people probably forgot was even a Steeler still. Uh, does he stay? Does he go? Uh, he goes. Look, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not uncommon for the Steelers to circle back to guys that they'd like. Uh, from previous drafts uh, with pedigree and to see if they can, you know, revive them and all like that. At this point, when it comes to Carl Joseph, it's over. Uh, There's no, no sense to even try it one more time. In my opinion, on a minimum salary benefit deal, just uh, it it didn't work out. Uh, See ya. Yep. Uh, Unfortunately, just it didn't happen. Had that injury and like the, opening kickoff or something of the preseason, something mm-hmm. super freak, super early like that. So unfortunate for him, but his Steelers and probably NFL career is over. So to recap our list here, both have Sutton staying, both have Okunjobi leaving. Uh, you have Edmonds returning. I have Edmonds leaving. Both have Bush leaving. Both have Spillane staying. Both have Casey staying. Both have Wormley coming back at some point. Both have Aluwalu essentially retiring. Malik Reed. And Marcus Allen and Carl Joseph, we both agree, will uh, all all three of them will leave. All right, so that gives us, or at least it gives me one, two, three, four, five on defense being re-signed, and Gentry, Boykin, one, Snell, two, and three, one of those offensive linemen probably. So four, five, four, five. Five off, five on offense. So that would be a large number. So probably not going to hit all of those. But but some of these guys, if they do return, are going to be minimum salary benefit deals anyway. Yeah, some of them will be cheap. And I do think, generally speaking, Pittsburgh's offseason approach will be retaining their guys more so than it will be adding external guys. I think there will be some of that, maybe a bit more than what people think. But I think, obviously, it's going to be starting with and focused on some of those more key pending uh, free agents. So the, what do we disagree on overall offense and defense? Um, just what I guess Jesse Davis technically on offense and then on defense, it, it, is it just Terrell Edmonds, I guess? It might be Edmonds, right? Yeah. I, I didn't know where you were going to go with Ogunjobi. I thought maybe you would say that Ogunjobi, I know we were both kind of leaning towards him leaving earlier this offseason, but I thought maybe you were going to switch back. No, I just, it's kind of been my feeling that he's a uh, kind of a mercenary here. Let me, let me ask you this. If you if you had to guess one, you're going to you, you think you have the highest chance to be wrong about either staying, going the opposite, coming true. Which is it? Uh, it might be Edmonds. OK, as, in terms as, of as him, far as my confidence even. level. Yeah. OK, I'll say if, I, if I'm going to be wrong about one, Edmonds probably is up there. I'll say Okunjobi too. that one. I kind of feel like it's 55 leaves, 45 stays uh, right now. Right. Uh, of, of the guys that we we could miss on here, I think. I mean, are they, are, 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 I'm not going to go, oh man, that, that's a shocker, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. And again, you know, things can surprise and it's probably, it's never as cleanly as the Steelers will resign all their good players and let all their bad players leave. There's always going to be something that comes up along the way, stuff behind the scenes, other teams come in with a, you know, dump truck of money and, and pays somebody something. So you know, that's just how this thing goes, but we'll see. And uh, I think overall, we have a pretty good grasp on the situation. Right. And, and look, some of these won't even be decided probably till about June or July, you know? 
That's also true. Yeah. Wormley, Allen. I mean, again, Terrell Edmonds was, they literally had no strong safety on the roster until a week before the draft when they finally brought Edmonds back officially. So these things can, unfortunately, uh, take some time to play out. All right, Dave, I think that's everything I wanted to talk about. If there's anything else you want to add, feel free, or we can get to some reader emails and close out today's show. Yeah, but before we do, the NFL season has come to an end, but at my bookie, the opportunities to win don't stop. Whether you bet to earn or to make the games more exciting, my bookie gives you the most for your money with a redesigned deposit bonus. Getting started is easy. Just visit mybookie.ag and use promo code TERRIBLE to claim a bonus of up to $2,000. That's right. Use promo code TERRIBLE to get a deposit bonus that gives you extra funds to play with all the way up to $2,000. When my bookie bet on the NBA, NHL, UFC or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly online blackjack tournaments that they have with so many brands to choose from. You need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win like my bookie. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie and you get there by going to mybookie.ag and use promo code terrible at sign up to take advantage of their Redesigned deposit bonus. All right, Dave, let's get to some rude emails and close out today's show. Okay, let us get to some here, and we will start with uh, uh, Garrett McCandless right saying, Hey guys, I love the show and listen every week, making my drive to work more bearable. Can you guys talk about Brian Branch? projection more i've heard you guys say he is a swiss army knight it sounds like he uh, there is a good chance he will be there at 17 and his tape is awesome he says is he a slot corner safety strong or free can he play outside what are the scouts projecting him to be more than likely here here's the thing he really is kind of a swiss army knife kind of player and he predominantly played in the slot uh, very few uh, snaps on the outside. Uh, I don't think teams are going to look at him as as a as a uh, as a strong safety, you know, kind of every down type of guy in the box overall. I think he does offer some physicality in the slot. Uh, he is a guy that probably you could have, you know maybe turn into a to to a free safety if you will, but. Uh, I think he's going to enter enter the NFL as more uh, as a Swiss Army knife kind of guy and a sub package kind of guy, and I think that the kind of those reasons uh, would make him fall out of the first round. To be quite honest with you, now uh, if somebody has a distinct plan for him. You know, I think that would add value to him. Uh, I think he's a very talented kid. I just think he's more of a not day one type of guy. And I would be a bit surprised if the Steelers made him the pick at at 17. I think if you get into 32, depending on what happens here with guys like Casey and Edmonds and all like that, and free early on in free agency, could he potentially be in play at 32? Yeah, I, 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 from where I'm at right now and the tape that I've watched on him, I could see that happening. But I, I would be shocked if he's to pick at 17, to be quite honest with you, for, for all the reasons that I've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, 
I really wonder where this guy is going to play because he doesn't have great elite speed, you know, to maybe carry some of the, these these routes vertically in man coverage. He's he's got some physicality, but he's a buck ninety, he's a little bit light, and so is he really going to be a true, you know, in the box kind of guy the way that Edmonds was thirty five percent of his snaps in the box last year. You know, is he he's not going to be an outside corner? Is he really a full time slot in terms of the coverage ability? I I just have some trouble figuring out what he is. I think he's a talented player, smart player. You know, obviously Nick Saban, you know, used him in a lot of different ways. So much trust, trust there. And I know that Minka wasn't this, you know, hyper uber athlete coming out either. And there's kind of been some loose comparisons between Branch and, and Minka, but I just have some trouble trying to identify exactly where Branch is going to fit at the next level. Uh, okay. Let us move on to Todd Bays, right? Sam. First, I want to say really enjoy all the coverage, but this time of year is my is by far my favorite as the team prepares for free agency and a draft. He says, my question as a WVU fan revolves around Bryce Ford Wheaton. His combine numbers are great, but watching him over the last few seasons, it does not seem those numbers match production, and he has in parentheses scheme uh, use uses issues, question mark. He says pre pre-combine projections were sixth or seventh round last two seasons numbers combined. He says uh, 84 receptions, uh, 1,250 yards, 10 touchdowns would love some insight as to how you grade his and others drafts stock when these seem to be the opposite. Uh, appreciate all the work. Uh, I, I will say this. I, I think uh, a lot of his measurables at the combine, uh, at least from my standpoint, having already watched tape on him were, were a little bit eye opening there. Now, uh, was it because you did not, as Todd says, did not necessarily see it on tape because of maybe scheme and 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 usage and all like that? Maybe is that maybe it's a quarterback situation there, type offense run and all like that. My takeaway, the the main thing that I have on my notes with him is obviously you know a very experienced guy at WVU. I think predominantly used at at the X, a real physical guy, contested catches. I mean, the Steelers like contested catch guys. He is that. I think he is a guy that, you know, uh, a good blocker on the outside. Another thing in in my notes, physical as far as that goes. Uh, A guy that I think, I don't think he played a lot in the slot, but a guy that can maybe you know, learn to play that position. In other words, yeah, I think he's a guy that you could move all around. Now, how I'll, I'll have to go back, you know, next time I get to some of his tape and see how much did they use him vertically down the field to maybe take advantage of that speed. I don't remember the speed aspect sticking out when I looked at his tape during, during, during this trying bowl there. But I think if the Steelers are looking for an all around type later round guy, then I, I think he's, he, you know, he's going to be somebody that's going to interest them there. So uh, I, I, I do get the preface of the email, Todd, of the combine measurables not matching on, on tape. And maybe that is related mostly to scheme and, and, and usage. And there's a couple of guys every year that have that situation where they you didn't expect them to pop off the way that they did when they show up at Indy and are trying to figure out why. Is that just because they're that classic workout warrior? Is it a scheme thing? Was it a health thing? And, and you've watched more of Ford Wheaton than I have, considering he was a Shrine Bowl, uh, you know, Vegas 
guy. And so I have not paid as much attention, just kind of saw the the way that he tested and that's always eye popping. So, um, you know, they're going to know. know a lot about him, aren't they? I mean, they, they're, they already, because of proximity mm-hmm. and, uh, obviously with, uh, uh, Stewart, you know, being in Pittsburgh up until recently, uh, uh, on the staff, uh, and his ties to West, you know, back to West Virginia, they're going to know a lot about this kid already. And, uh, uh, once again, I, if they are, if they go through this thing and they get into the later rounds and, and quite honestly, we're probably talking about, a I don't know, fourth, fifth round guy here guessing. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, and obviously they don't have a fifth right now, but, uh, if you, you know, I could see them liking him and, and being on their draft board. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I could too. Um, just for the athletic tools and traits that you can work with. How old is he? Do we have, do we have to know his age? Yeah. I assume he was a senior. If he was at the, uh, the shrine bowl. Uh, let's see what is, if it says in his, uh, yeah, I'm not w- seeing anything quickly that, that shows an age, but just to try to get some, cause I maybe want that guy a little bit younger. Um, but probably a bit older, probably I don't know, 22, 23 years old, considering you, I think was kind of a, he's not underclassman. He's one of those senior types. So we'll see. Um, it's hard 15, to, 15 touchdowns during his uh, WVU career, receiving uh, 143 catches, 18, over 1800 yards, a 13.1 yard uh, average. And uh, I, I'm willing to bet he's got some special team usage in his history at WVU. Okay. So, a guy I probably have to go back to in one of those kind of combine players to catch my attention that I want to go back and watch. So, Dave, you have more insight there, but we'll see what happens. Uh, real quick, I did go back and watch, take a deeper dive into John Gaines, the second or third, mm-hmm. uh, second uh, tape second. At, uh, at UCLA uh, the last couple of days to take a little bit deeper dive on him. Uh, and I think I had said maybe second or third round guy. I after watching him a little bit more and, and some technique issues and uh, stuff like that, I he's probably more a fourth round guy. Yeah. Okay. What's the biggest technique issue that you kind of saw? Uh, just hand uh, hand usage and uh, 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 redirecting and and picking up stunts and uh, late runners and all like that. I think okay. there 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 are what I would view more technical flaws in his game uh, gets beat into some gaps sometimes where it feels like he shouldn't w- with that quickness uh, there. And he's a little bit higher cut than, than I originally thought as well, too. Uh, I don't want to say kind of the, 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 the Kelvin Beecham uh, kind of cut, but it does seem like it, his legs run up a little long on him. You know, okay. I just took a peek. We have a report that's going to go up on him in a couple of days from Chandler Stroud. He put a fourth round grade on on Gaines too, so I think you're kind of right there, Lock. Except that always sucks whenever you see a guy that's just like this guy. This might be the guy. Then you kind of yeah. watch the tape and go, eh. and then of course again in that in that guard class, you know, you're trying to find that that white whale, and uh, you know, Gaines might not be that guy. And I think that's a little thing that it kind of. Uh or in the early valuation with me was thinking about the guard class overall and where he might rank. But uh, I, I would definitely have Avilia from TCU ahead of him and, you know, several of these other guys. So I, you know, after going back and watching him again, I'll lower him by about a round and a half there. 
you know. Okay, yeah. Again, just the top true guards, as you said, Osiris Torrance is number one, and then number two, Avelia, and then from there, it's like, who's that it, third guy? It fans out pretty quick, right? You know, and yeah, I haven't gone deep into Sydney City Sal yet, uh, but his his initial, you know, kind of run through is attractive as well too. So I'd see what it, what else is there. But uh, and then obviously with uh, with the uh, Voorhees, you know, going down. But I I think you put it. Uh, good in that post the other day. I, I don't think it's going be, because of this guard class and because of Voorhees uh, tape and because of him. Uh, you look at the true left guards in this class is there's not a lot of them. I, I don't feel uh, I think is I don't think is you know, assuming the medicals come back fine on him. I don't think he's going to move much at all. Yeah, but he's still probably going to be like an early day three guy, not a top 100 guy. So if right. you're, like your third rank guard is outside the top 100, then it just kind of speaks to how thin that is. But again, it's going to be a lot of the conversion types. Skaronsky, Steen, Cody Mock probably kicks to guard instead of playing tackle as he did at North Dakota State. So um, that's where you kind of will infuse that guard room is with those those conversion uh, moves. Uh, Todd Jensler writes, and I know one of the smallest needs we are looking uh, at would be tight end. It just appears that this year's draft is very deep at tight ends, and somebody like Washington uh, from Georgia could be a complete game changer. He says it would allow Pickett to use the middle of the field more, as well as 10 to 20 yards from the line of scrimmage. That could end up being a big help and also open up the offense. He says that has been mentioned in numerous times that we need to score more points. We also uh, have multiple holes. We are not going to fill them all in this year's draft. He says, do you think drafting a tight end in the first or second round makes sense? Some of these guys are absolute beasts. He says it would help with the running game as well as uh, pushing the ball. Uh, thank you as all always supporting on, on the best podcast here. He says, uh, uh, look, I've, I kind of thrown this at Alex kind of throughout the, the, the draft early draft process and on, I mean, here, here's my thoughts on the Steelers in the tight end position. I think, I think Zach Gentry's job can be upgraded plain and simple. Uh, I understand why they like him. I do think though, that we've seen Zach Gentry's ceiling here. Uh, if I'm, you know, what's his mark because of this tight end class being what it is, it's probably going to help keep Gentry's, uh, 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 value down and all like that. However, comma, if you want one of these guys that are, that are the better blockers, in this draft, this year's draft class, you're probably going to have to spend some early capital mm-hmm. uh, on it there. So there's a balance in there, and also you're going to have to make a decision on Gentry before you get to the draft. <laughs> sure. And if you, you resign Gentry, then you're probably not going high right. on tight end. No, no, I agree. I think Gentry certainly can be upgraded, but is it is it worth the investment in in spending that top pick? And listen, I love Donald Washington as much as anybody. Like he's just a fun guy to watch. It just be yeah, I'd be giddy on a personal level if he came to Pittsburgh. Um, the, the how unique that that body type, that play style is. But um, I just think they resign Gentry, and that probably takes tight end off the table. Here's the thing to watch, Todd, when when it comes to this. Let's see what happens with Gentry over the course of the next few weeks, and what and and if he does return, at what price does he return? Yeah, if he were to hypothetically sign for the minimum, then okay, it still maybe opens the door. But really, to me, against the broader question of what do you want. What kind of offense do you want to run? If you want to run that 12 personnel, you know, Baltimore or Cleveland type of offense, then okay, then you can talk about tight end. But if you're going to be an 11 personnel team, you know, two thirds of the time, primarily three receivers on the field, 
Crowder. Moose already your number one. You can't justify a second round pick or something, you know, 32, 49 on a tight end because they probably just aren't going to play enough to justify that. Right. Where it probably comes into play is somewhere in the third round or fourth round if you went that position group. And right. That, and then that from assume, there. And that assumes either A, you don't re sign Gentry uh, or you re sign Gentry on a, on a very cuttable deal. Yeah. For me, I'm looking at like, go draft a Payne Durham in the seventh round from Purdue. I, w- I would like that. I think that seems more realistic than uh, anything else right now. You know, once again, my main takeaway on this tight end position group is uh, Connor and Connor really is a different animal in that because you're not going to or you shouldn't line him up in a lot of 12 personnel groupings if if, if, if that's going to be your plan especially at the end of the line of scrimmage type guy uh it all comes down to what you value what they value gentry's uh ceiling slash value at this offseason yeah somebody told me yesterday they're not going to resign gentry connor hayward will replace him i said no he ain't he ain't replacing exactly what gentry does i mean they have different roles different hats different uses in this offense so what gentry offers him is that big bodied you know almost six offensive lineman that can take on those four three base defensive ends and uh hayward certainly cannot do that uh john Timko writes in dave love the site and podcast were you adrian from the berg that used to call into pat Kerwin's uh serious show just curious John, come on. You hear my voice. You heard that. I, I know exactly the guy that you're you're talking about that called in all the time. You hear the voice and boy, Adrian's uh, God bless Adrian. He bleeds black and gold. Uh, but <laughs> some of his takes had me climbing the wall. Uh, uh, me and Adrian from the Berg are not the same person. I can guarantee you that. But have you guys ever been seen in the same room together? I don't Probably think so. Not. So the jury's still out. I have no idea who any who AD, uh, Adrian is, yeah. but, but I'll take your word for it. I, I don't know if he's still calling. I haven't. I, I don't obviously don't have the time to listen to moving to chains and all like that. Maybe he still calls. Uh, uh, calls in. I know. He, I know. He usually calls in when the students go to camp. Uh, or I think he even. I think he's even. Actually, I think he's even gone to camp before, and been on. The show with Jim Miller and uh, Pat Kerwin mm. uh, during a segment while at camp, and I've never been to camp before, so uh, that definitely rules us. I don't see how you can, uh, if you listen to the two, how you can put us together there. Uh, let's see here. Cam Smith, uh, Joseph Diabro uh, writes in, just want your opinions on Cam Smith, the corner from South Carolina. I think he could be a sneaky option at 17 for the Steelers, and, and I feel like uh, he isn't being talked uh, about enough amongst the fan base. It sounds a little rich for him. I haven't gone deep into his film, but don't we have a uh, – we got a profile up on him, don't we? Uh, I'm pretty sure we do. I can double check. Probably Owen maybe doing that. Yeah. One. Let me go back and, and look here. Uh, yeah. Owen did that back in January. So it's been right. a little while. I think he was pretty high on him. Yeah. 17. You don't want to forget about him. There's so many good corners in this class. So it is kind of easy to uh, to forget about him. But yeah, it looks like Owen spoke really highly of him. Uh, what's his comp here? Does he have a comp overall? Uh, Stefan Gilmore, a little bit of okay. a, a comparison there. Um, I've always been partial to Darius Rush, kind of overshadowed, and I think a, a day two guy um, that I like, you know, quite a bit there. But um, yeah, I don't want to discount Cam Smith again. We'll see pro days. Where are they at for these pro days? Do they go to the South Carolina pro day with some of the talent there? I'd be a little surprised. I think maybe they would send a Terrell Austin, a Grady Brown there. They got some defensive talent in Pickens and their DBs and Smith. 
and rush. So I could see a, a positional coach there, but if it's not Khan, if it's not Mike Tomlin, then history says it probably won't be Cam Smith, at least at 17. Uh, Owen really liked him, though, although this profile they did was early in the process uh, here. And I don't think we had many uh, cornerbacks that we had done up until that point. Uh, he's got a he's got, you know, mid to late uh, day one you know projection on him, calls him a year one quality starter. So, uh, oh, and look, Owen's played corner and. Uh, he really does a great job of breaking down the film. So mm-hmm. o- Owen likes him, you know? Yeah, that's got the uh, Owen Straley seal of uh, approval there. Uh, let's see before we were getting along here. Brian Tolini writes in, Dave and Alex, uh, could we soon be getting a small surprise to Terrell Edmonds' market value? I know his limitations as an impact player, but his stability and durability at a position have been very solid. He says you can make uh, make the argument with Edmonds' age and experience that he is the third or fourth most attractive strong safety type in this free agent class behind Julian Love and Gardner Johnson. Combine that with Snead with a weaker safety draft class he says uh some uh uh contract value websites that monitors free agency quite well has a market value of Edmonds at two years 10.9 million if that were a case would you rather try to re-sign Casey and would you be comfortable with him starting uh look uh uh Brian I, I I see where you're coming from and I think Alex would probably be more on on your side uh you know and, and there is a great chance that he's done enough now to maybe get into that five, five, you know, five million dollar average yearly value uh, deal and then walk away with this with a two or three year deal from another team. And that's quite plausible uh, here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think he's done enough to at least warrant a two-year deal worth some kind of money. It's not going to be a lot. Obviously, the safety market's still going to be pretty depressed, and he's a, he's a limited, pretty niche guy. I just feel like he's got to be more than what he's been. Uh, and he's coming off, I think, his best year. Now, the stats maybe weren't quite there, but the tape, I think he was better in 22 than he was in 21. He cleaned up his tackling. I think his instincts have kind of gotten better as he's gotten more experience year after year. And overall, he's been a really durable, available type uh, player. He's just played a ton of football over the last, uh, what is it now, five seasons. So, you know, this one could go either way. I just think at some point he might want to go somewhere else. I know he likes playing with Minka. I know Minka likes playing with him. But, you know, money talks that Pittsburgh's not going to offer that. You know, he's not going to play in Pittsburgh for for forever. It's kind of just been, all right, we'll go in year by year. We're seeing how things go. Eventually, you go somewhere else. That's how the NFL works. So. Um, that's my, my read of it uh, all there. Sure. I, and, and, and it's understandable Brian's take here. I mean, I, I, I get it. Uh, I just, I, 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 my feeling is that he comes back maybe on, on, on a, on a lower deal than five point, I guess what he's got here, you know, almost five and a half million, uh, per is what, uh, Brian's talking about. Some people have him valued at. That's just that, uh, and I'm an Edmonds you know, fan return a fan of him returning as well too. It just, it feels like 5 million is too rich for him. So, but we'll see. Yeah. That, that number feels high. I've always kind of thought two years, six million, two years, seven and a half. I mean, something like that, but something more than what he's been getting for. I mean, again, this guy's played someone who's played more football than trail Edmonds at right. safety the last five years, almost uh, literally it's almost nobody. And and that's not always indicative of, of talent and value, but it, it is to some extent. And and so if Pittsburgh's going to come up, come in with another, another one year for, 
you know, two and a half million with, you know, whatever number, whatever structure you want. I just think Edmund says, you know what, guys, I'm going to go somewhere else where I might get the chance to at least have the illusion of stability. All right. Uh, we covered uh, we covered a lot and ran a lot longer than probably what we thought we did. But some good exercises in there going over Alex's uh, defensive uh, free agent wish list. Us going through all of the free agents, uh, the unrestricted free agents, kind of one last shot at predicting what's going to happen with all those guys. Uh, what else? Anything else? Yeah, well, Monday is going to get start getting pretty busy because mm-hmm. Monday at what noon I think officially starts the legal tampering period. Um, right. At, at noon. Okay. So basically, as we're wrapping up Monday, the uh, the rumors will start really kicking in. And then, of course, on Wednesday is the start of the new league year, also at noon. Right, and we'll see if uh, any news uh, falls out here between now and uh, four o'clock business day later today for the Steelers, and if not, uh, really start. Probably we should get some. We should know something by by Monday at four o'clock, right? As far as tenders, restricted free agent tenders go, or maybe a cut. cut. William Jackson, just yeah. dump the guy. We all know he's gonna go. Right. Just dump the guy. All right. So uh, we have a lot more stuff to talk about here pretty soon. So in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, theterriblepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, SteedersDepot.com. Hit the donate button up right navigational bar. Also, if you want an ad-free version of the site, please go to SteedersDepot.com. Hit the ad-free button up right navigational bar there. So uh, uh, until... Monday. Have a safe weekend. Don't forget to spring ahead this weekend. Don't forget to change the batteries in your smoke detectors. That's one thing we'll be doing around this house here as well, too. So uh, within all that, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex. Jesse Kelly here. If given the choice between financial stress or peace of mind, I will always choose peace of mind. That is why I've secured gold and silver from the Oxford Gold Group. Having precious metals in your home safe or in your 401k or IRA should be considered your investment strategy. Simply put, it's a portfolio protection plan. One app, one call, and you pick your precious metals. That's it. You now own real precious metals just like I do. Call 833-901-COIN. That's 833-901-COIN.